Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. So favorite draft day moments in Panthers history, draft day moments ever. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This stuff. Hold on. It's Wes. We got to say R.I.P. to Springer. You know what I'm saying? Jerry Springer. And Walker. Wes, I'm going to ask you a question. What's up? It is the day of the number one overall selection. This is true. And you told me to stop talking about the NFL draft. Just to real say, quick. hold on, let's send an RIP out to Jerry Springer. He's a part of our show, though. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. He's a part of our show. Wait. <laughs> The Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ on uh, Friday, Junior. Friday's little cousin. Whatever way you want to go with it, we're one day away from the end of the week. For some of you, I know some of you out there got to work on the weekends as well, but thank you for joining us. Keep those texts coming on the text line 704-570-9610. And in the studio with us now, host and producer of the Ion College Basketball Podcast on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, but he's in the Planet Kia studios with us. We got Nada Edwards in the building. What's up, baby? An early treat, Nada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I basically kind of like bum-rushed the studio. I was supposed to be here 20 minutes later, but it ended up working out just fine. It definitely did, man, and you'll learn that we don't do anything here by the book, uh, so <laughs> you bum-rushing the studio is more than okay. Well, and it was respectful. It's not Dave Chappelle wiping your boots all up on the couch. That's it was right. respectful. Not yet. Coming not yet, in. anyway. Yeah, yeah man. We got time. So you can follow Nada at Nada the Scribe on X or Twitter, whichever one you prefer. How'd you uh, end up coming up with that name, Nada the Scribe? Uh, basically, because it used to be Nada the Chef, because I used to, before this, oh. I had another life as a sous chef. Ah. So, d- cook too. we've done this before. The Nada Job segment is a fun So, one. is that a, a passion? Like, you cook a lot at home, and you're very knowledgeable about things, and you I enjoy d- it? I used to. It's yeah. one of those things now I do Hello HelloFresh now. Yeah. And that's generally how I do it because I'm get tired of thinking of recipes of things to cook. Gotcha. HelloFresh is amazing. My girl will get HelloFresh, but mm-hmm. also go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. It's like it becomes a chopped game. Yes, it does. Where you start, okay, I got this, I got that, I got this, and I got these spices to work with. Let's throw something together that's a little wild. Sometimes when I try to do it, it doesn't work. But she's skilled enough to where everything can come together, uh, a beautiful symphony of spices and flavor. For me, it's usually just terrible food. And so I'll leave that to the professional. (laughs) Now, now, I'll just have one question, though. Like, I volunteered to bring you a two liter of orange soda walker. Mm -hmm. And you just (laughs) just ducked it. So I got an event tonight. Uh huh. I'm a little worried about fizzy belly. Uh huh. I got to dress a little nice. And so. If I'm going with a two liter of soda, I just don't know what the after effects are going to be. I just don't. And that's why they make Tums right <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, let me get Tums on a Friday. Not when I got something to do. Did you need some Tums? <laughs> <laughs> How do we have a Tums drop? That's what <laughs> I was just thinking, too. That was pretty. He records, Fitty records everything. Everything. All right. Well, with that said, with Nada Edwards in studio, let's go to the campus. Kona. 
All right. Last night, North Carolina used a big first half in which they outscored Louisville 46-29. to They shot 50% in said first half and 42% from 343 if you really want to be technical to get an 86-70 victory. Carolina's now won seven in a row, the longest stretch since winning eight straight in the 2018-2019 season. They're 6-0 in the ACC for the first time since 2015-2016 when they started 8-0. They've won five consecutive ACC games by double digits for the first time since 2007-2008. R.J. Davis had 21 points. Baycott, Armando that is, passed Virginia's Ralph Sampson for fourth all-time in ACC history in rebounds. Jalen Withers had a double-double season high in scoring and rebounds as well, and maybe that was on account of Armando Baycott too. We're going to get to that. Six straight game, UNC UNC has allowed 70 points or less. So Carolina is humming on all cylinders last night. What do we think of that performance? They're the best team in the ACC, and I'm not sure it's actually that close at this point. The only thing about last night that kind of bugged me is that Louisville had the gall and audacity to get to single digits kind of late, five minutes left, and and they fell asleep at the wheel. They outscored Carolina 41-40 in the second half. So that's the biggest thing that I worry about is that this team will fall asleep every now and again, but they are the, the class of the ACC, and we'll get to this, and we'll have our blunt and honest conversation about what ACC basketball is in 23-24, but they are the best team in the ACC. Well, Nada brings that up. Here's the thing that Carolina has in the bag, though. We've seen some playing with your food stuff with North Carolina a couple of different games, but they never let it get too scary. Fam, this is Louisville. I know, but they did it with Pittsburgh, right, where there are some games where they get a little bit close, but then Harrison Ingram hits a big shot after going 0 for 8. He'll hit a big shot, and now you're off and rolling again. R.J. Davis, who just does nothing but hit big shots, they always step up to the occasion if things get a little close. And last year, they lose all of those games. This year, they win it by double digits because they put their foot on the gas pedal again and make sure it doesn't happen. Louisville was way too win this late, like not as totally right about that. I know Fiddy was not a very happy camper. Wes, you left when it got to single digits in the second half. <laughs> few expletives that I will not repeat. Oh, God, the stuff he was saying before I left, and they were up 15, so <laughs> that, I can only imagine what it was like I mean, late. It is, again, it is Louisville. Th- this yeah. this <laughs> team fits so well together. I've mentioned that a million times. They're also playing with so much confidence that they realize when it's time to put maybe they don't realize when it's time to put a team away but they never let them get too close to the point where I'm really worried about them losing to an inferior opponent Fiddy, what were your thoughts though on the game because I got to see you watch them in person for the first time yesterday and uh, you were just like my uncle was you live and die with every shot that is made and missed and you have no concept of the other team having scholarship players too as you get mad at every single play so what were your thoughts last night on this victory? Yeah, I mean, look, when it got down to five, I'm kind of sitting there going like, hey, guys, we're Carolina. <laughs> this is 6-10 and 10 Louisville. Let's get it together. This is going to happen, though. I don't think the ACC is good as some people think it is. I don't think the league is as bad as some people think it is. And they're going to get pushed. They're going to get tested. All in all, you controlled the game from start to finish. And that's what I want to see. They've got as many double-digit wins through 17 games as the 2008-2009 National Championship team. Yeah, so also when you look at this team, and I think another great sign for them is that Jalen Withers attributed his double-double. And Jalen Withers is a Charlotte kid, by the way, local joker. And he attributed his double-double to Armando Baycott. And he said, quote, I told – well, Baycott said, 
quote, I told Withers today I was going to make sure he got a double-double. That's why I didn't get a double-double. I was just boxing out trying to give him all the easy rebounds. (laughs) He did a good job with that, so I'm happy for him. Now, do you make of this comment, like I said, that we heard about dissension amongst the team last year and, and those type of things, but to hear a comment like that for Baycott being selfless, so to speak, to help his teammate get his confidence going with the double-double, do we think that this is a huge sign that this team is in lockstep with one another? I mean, it kind of helps when you can't blame one guy that happens to be playing in Tucson right now. Like, Caleb Love is gone. You can't blame him for everything that goes wrong with this team. So it does show some growth. It does show some maturity. At the same time, you've got Harrison Ingram. You've got Cormac Ryan. You've got a lot of guys that are showing in maturity in ways that we did not see at all last year. All we heard about was the infighting and the rumor mongering, and it ended up leaking the Twitter, and that's how it essentially sunk the season for this team. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see the maturity. I'm glad to see the selflessness. Let's hope it keeps up into March. Two points. If Armando Baycott has the power to just Uh-oh. will double-doubles into people, <laughs> then he's going to be the best player of all time. Let's yeah. continue to do that. RJ Davis, I'm going to make you get a double-double tonight. <laughs> Jalen Withers, go for 20-10 and 10 this next time. I can't wait to see if that happens. Also, I just want to go to a text. Feel free to text in 704-570-9610. Our buddy Myron Goodman writes in. Oh, man. Walker, Walker, this team is good, not great. Much better than last year. I still think this is a five-bit ACC. Here's what I'll tell you. Maybe you might be right about the conference, but what am I supposed to do with the North Carolina team that wins by 16 against Louisville? Yeah, it's Louisville. I get it. Let's go to Syracuse. Blow them out. That that wasn't even a game. In the first half, it was already over. They win by 13 on the road against NC State. They win by double digits against Clemson. They win by double digits against Pitt. Your argument could be, the schedule in the seven-game winning streak, little lackluster, that's fine. But they're doing what they need to do with the lackluster schedule. They're winning by double digits every single time. It's cool if you want to say there is a tier above them. If you want to do the whole UConn is above them. If you want to say Purdue is above them, that's fine. I'm not going to argue that. But I will tell you, if we want to classify great team as what? Top 10? Top, however you want to say great, like top five? I think North Carolina is fine enough to be right there in that mix and qualify as a great team in college basketball. I'm not going to argue with you. I would put them with Purdue. I would just say there's no one beating a healthy UConn this year. Yeah, UConn's crazy. All right, let's hear from Tyler Hansborough real quick on what he thinks about this UNC team. And then, Fiddy, you can chime in on Armando Baycott's act of selflessness or magic, whichever way you want to look at. (laughs) This team, I think I can say this. I think they have the potential to get to the Final Four. Once you get to the Final Four, you know, anything can happen. And uh, I haven't been that confident uh, about that, you know, saying that that UNC is the Final Four team until this point. (laughs) And I think Hmm. they've proven that recently, especially with the road wins and the you know, how, how handily they beat Syracuse over the weekend. All right, Fiddy, uh, what were your thoughts on Psycho T's analysis and Armando Baycott? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with the greatest basketball player in the history of North Carolina. And look, if if if, if Armando can do that, I you know let's let's save some stuff for February third against Duke, March fifth against Duke, when we get to Washington D.C. Let's let's save the magic for the games that really matter and. Make sure everybody plays at that 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 all level, that 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 all ACC level. Uh, Mondo's just fun, man. 
It's, 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 it's why you love them. All right, guys. So we can continue some more college basketball conversation on the other side of this break. If you want, we could talk uh, ACC Hoops Player of the Year. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. We got we'll, a lot of stuff. We got not in here, so yeah. we'll get some. We'll, he'll share in the Hornets' despair with us. Maybe try to bring some positive spirit. I know you're so good I'm at it. I'm already my father's therapist, and he's a season ticket holder. Yeah. We got more <laughs> not a therapy on all, all right. sorts of round ball. All right. Well, we got plenty of that when we come back. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Don't you touch that dial. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'm not drinking the two-liter today. I apologize to the people. Shameful. We got Grandpa Bubba writing in. Actually, really, I'm not even kidding, like, really scaring me. Grandpa Bubba writes in, this is Dr. Valentine. No drinking two liters of soda in 20 minutes unless you want to ride to the ER after you have your seizure. Yeah, that comes right, Roy. I said, Bubba, you're scaring me. We definitely don't want that. He said, Bubba, real doc, real serious. Google the lady who died on the airwaves in a water drinking contest. And that's water, okay? That's what we're made of. If If I was made of orange soda, it would still be dangerous. And I am not. So this is a little scary. Put my life on the line for you guys. That's why I think it should just go through the whole show. If Wes wants to push for that, I'm not going to fight back on it. Because now <laughs> Grandpa Bubba has scared me more than I've ever been scared on these airwaves before. The other thing is, speaking of sugar-filled snacks, how about this graphic that was circulating on Twitter yesterday? It was a picture of Lamar Jackson, and then in the corner, a picture of Smucker's Uncrustables PB&J sandwiches. And the Ravens apparently eat 30 to 60 Uncrustables a day 7,500 in a season. Now, Wes walks into the studio eating said Uncrustable, and this is your first time trying one. My first time, yes. I've always heard good things about them, and so I decided, hey, man, after I saw that Baltimore Ravens article, I said, let me try one of these for my damn self. You didn't even share that, that you were going to go do it. You just decided. Well, it was just kind of spirit of the moment. Yeah. You know, I walked by, got my water, uh, you know, I passed on the soft drink, and then I saw the Crustable, and I said, Try one of those. What's the verdict? Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah. at the end of the day. You've never had one either, not right? No, I have not, because I can make my own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I'm a grown man. Why dog. did you say that with such condescension? He did. He definitely <laughs> did. If you, you eat just crustables. Add, hold on. You just, again, Wes just asked me what I used to do before this. Yeah, I'm a true. sous chef. I'm going to be pretentious about a lot of things. You've known me to be pretentious for our entire friendship. Why are you surprised now? It does lead me to a very important question I want everybody in the room to answer. Uncrustables counts, but was there a snack when you were a kid that you could have eaten maybe a two-liter bottle of, like I'm going to try to do with orange soda soda in 20 minutes' time? Like, what was the number one kid snack you remember always wanting your mom to keep stocked in the pantry 
for whatever time the craving struck, you were able to go to it. Fitty, you have an answer immediately. Uh, Snyder's pretzels. That's okay. One. Every day in fourth grade, it was in the lunchbox. Okay. What about yeah. you, Wes? Fig you got Newton. one? Fig Newtons. See, this is the thing we disagree on so much. Yeah, we do. We disagree. <laughs> what, what, do you, what uncultured savage take are you going to un- uncork right now? Yeah. That for some somehow Fig Newtons have managed to give you a jelly filling and also have a dry cookie. And I'm not sure how they did it, but they figured out the way. And it's not jelly filling. It's figs. <laughs> it's figs. Yeah. Fig filling. I just know it's dry. Figs Figs are important. Come on now. Mine Mine wasn't a food. Mine was Capri Suns. I just drink them nonstop. Yeah, that's Cap- a good one. Capri Suns remind you have one. I got to get my Nick Saban on in uh, oatmeal cream pasta. Oh, yeah. Mm. All of us. Just I, saw it. I saw the other day in the grocery store that they have uh, peanut butter cream pies now. Whoa. Those sound amazing. I saw that. Those sound amazing. Those yeah. do sound amazing. All right, we got some text rolling in on this. Jack said, "Grape nerds, oh nerds are crazy. The yeah, nerds I clusters. I got Nada on the nerds clusters. Speaking of which, I I will never forgive you for that. They're crack. It's straight crack rocks he, in your house. Because quite literally, I'm listening to you guys. I'm going right to Costco. I hear nerds clusters, nerds clusters, nerds clusters. What do I end up buying? A giant industrial sized." box of nerds clusters oh, it is completely you went for the gusto my man decided to drink from the fire hose on nerds clusters <laughs> <laughs> having never had them before we have uh goldfish or cheese it's mm, we have okay. cheese dips were better i agree i Hot actually take. agree with that vienna sausages from the 704668 mm. that's some good old catawba county stuff right <laughs> there go to the local drugstore get some veeny weenies as we used to call oh, them oh veeny weenies wow <laughs> my sodium just jumped 30 points you ain't lying about that one uh we got fruit snacks cheetos are great i love the cheetos fudge rounds that was all right i'm going back to catawba yeah, county that, again that's that's go See, yeah, get a little debbie snack for me 25 cent fudge rounds at the country market that's what I lived you off talking of. talking about the big ones? Or, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I was a little pudgy in high school. Not in high school, but mm. before I got to high school. And then I stopped eating the fudge rounds. All right, let's stop talking about food <laughs> and some of the sugar that might hurt me as I drink the orange soda later. I did want to get to the player of the year conversation. Wes, you've been posing this question a couple of days now. I'll just simply ask it to you, Nada. Is it even close? Or is R.J. Davis run, running away with it? It's thing? over. Like, it's... Vince Carter meme, it's over. Mm. It's R.J. Davis, and it's not close, and I don't know why we have this discussion anymore. Wes, do you want to refute that? Wow. Um, No, I don't want to refute it because I do think that R.J. Davis uh, is the guy right now. When you look at it, I mean, he's leading the ACC in scoring at 20 points a game. Uh, you know, he's the catalyst for this UNC team. They kind of go as he goes. Uh, he's tied for 13th in assists per game with Elliot Cadeau. So he's distributing the rock. I mean, leads the league in free throw percentage. He's tied for 10th in steals, fourth in uh, three-point field goal percentage, man. So he's playing basketball like you would expect an upperclassman like him uh, to play it. And he's become just very dependable for them. A lot of times when he puts that ball up in the air, it's going to be cash. Here's the conversation I want to have. Fiddy, I don't know if you have it, if you don't mind finding the Lauren Brownlow soundbite on R.J. Davis. Maybe we could find that on her talking about Caleb Love's absence, possibly helping R.J., but also we didn't expect R.J. to have this type of leap. Nope. Maybe it could have been Caleb Love had R.J. Davis left. I don't know if I buy into that as much, but she was talking about the dynamic of that backcourt last year and just yeah. how much sense it made despite – the pain and maybe even I, the pain I didn't know about at that level of Caleb still wanting to play for North Carolina. 
yeah. having I know this is the uncomfortable part about it because so many people blamed Caleb Love and look at the end of the day you can't throw up 20 shots and only hit four it, you just that happened too often but he was also the guy that everybody used as the scapegoat and while it was painful it does feel like it was the right decision to move on even if Caleb didn't want to it does feel like a win-win for both parties and now RJ Davis is just flat out balling and as somebody that wanted the basketball in his hands a lot last year He's showing you this year as to why, and it's helping the team. No, it's absolutely why. But also, like, I love I love Caleb, but he wasn't helping himself. Like, that's the thing that I guess I don't mind him going. Like, it was a win-win. You, you did lose an, a key assistant helping out Caleb Love, and he went to, ironically, Arizona. There's a lot of this to where I don't blame Caleb. I don't blame RJ for growing, but this needed to happen because – if not, we're gonna. You would have the same thing all over again. And instead of talking about probably a top five team in the country, we're talking about is Hubert Davis actually going to be able to save his job? Yeah, and I would agree with you 100. percent I also would say in RJ's case that he's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And what do I mean by that? He has to. Who else on this team in that backcourt is going to do it? We've seen that yeah. Elliot Cadeau is severely limited on the offensive end. So it's not like you can count on him for a 20-point night when the chips are down. Uh, Armando Baycott, we've talked about him. And, you know, this is not a guy that you can just put the basketball in his hands down low and he's going to get you an automatic bucket because his bag is like that. So you can't depend on Armando for consistent offense. He needs to be set up. Harrison Ingram's a good player, but he's a utility guy. Cormac Ryan the same way. So if not for R.J. Davis, we'd be talking about a completely different basketball team, even if he wasn't as efficient as he's been. And then uh, as Lauren brought up, the assist and the way that he's passing the basketball. So he's doing everything that Carolina needed him to do this season for them to be in a position they're in. It's not a perfect comparison, but it, I, I've talked about how well this team is built. And it, it goes back to, for me, like Ben Job talking about constructing a basketball team. Ben Job, legendary coach at Southern, coached Avery Johnson, coached Bobby Phils. And going back to all he needed, like he felt he could win a basketball game against your five with a facilitator and two I wings see. that could just do a whole bunch of other stuff. And clearly, they're throwing five guys out there on the court. But it feels like they have their score in RJ, who can go get a bucket whenever you want it. They have Harrison Ingram. And everybody has a secondary scoring option, a part of their game. Yeah. Like, everybody has that ability. But Harrison is just going to be the madman with his hair on fire, going after every rebound, every loose ball. He's going to block your shot. And he might even just give you an efficient night. I'd like him to shoot a little better, but that guy does everything. Cormac, Armando is your rebounder. Everybody has a yeah. role, and then they have a valuable secondary trait that complements everyone else. I mean, Nada, I love this team. I love how you it's should. built. I love how it's built, and that's you why should. we're so high on them and seeing them as successful as. They I are. have to do. I do have to give a special shout out to Armando Baycott, who's gotten better defensively because yeah, he has. Fiddy, again, me and Fiddy have had conversations, and I've texted him like, start looking at the numbers when. When Baycott's on on the floor, as to when he's not on the floor, he's improved the on-ball defense. He's improved being in spots, and he's improved his timing to where I'm not going to say he's an NBA level defender, but at the same point, he's gotten better to where they're not losing in the pick and roll. And a lot of that will count when we start seeing when we start getting to ACC tournament play and NCAA tournament play because 
a lot of these teams are going to start spamming pick and one five pick and roll and trying to get Armando Bacot in that action and exploit that. But he's gotten a lot better as the season has gone on. Yeah, I mean, that must be what he works on in his workouts because the damn sure ain't footwork and post moves. It is Wes's... <laughs> Go scratch yourself! It is Wes's evergreen statement about Armando Baycott. And Elliot Cadeau is soon to follow with the what do you work on statement yeah, from Wes yeah. because he needs Elliot Cadeau to be able to shoot. He's starting to play better, too. There, You can you can see him get to the rim. He just can't really yeah, shoot. If, if Cadeau wasn't 17, I would be more on yeah. that. Like, he's kind, he's he came early i can't necessarily bang on him for that just yet next year oh it's free oh it's open season at that point yeah we'll see what happens all right let's go to the professional ranks because the charlotte hornets lost last night they lost by 20 again to the new orleans pelicans offensively it actually wasn't as terrible as it had been they had been struggling to get to 100 points they scored 112 that's about as much as you could ask for they've only reached that mark like three times since the west coast road trip and so they actually hit 19 three-pointers in this game. And it didn't matter. And it didn't matter because they allowed New Orleans to hit 25. Mm. The defense kept collapsing. And when you're collapsing and you're not accounting for shooters and you're also not grabbing defensive rebounds, that is a recipe to have 130 hung on you. Brandon Ingram, being the mid-range guy that he is, yes, recorded a triple-double and also did his offensive work from beyond the arc, something we're not really accustomed to him seeing. Only one field goal outside of the three-point yeah. line. Jordan Hawkins, speaking of UConn, real problem. <laughs> Dude is insane. Hit a shooter in the draft. Yeah, and is proving that. Is proving that. So New Orleans, really good basketball team. People are frustrated with their defense this year. They've had a million injuries, but also there are. St- it doesn't absolve them of all the defensive problems. It's still terrible. Nada, why don't you open up the floor on some of your thoughts this year and maybe even in this game watching the Hornets? I've told you before I wanted them to flush this roster. I I am going to walk that back slightly and say let's selectively flush this roster. I think like I don't think we'll we'll ever see Gordon Hayward in a Hornets uniform again. I think by the time he's healthy, it's going to be let's let him just let buy him out, let him go figure out his team. I wonder if they're going to trade Terry Rozier. I don't want them to right now. I don't think you're going to get that return that you're going to seek. And more importantly, if the best deal for Terry Rozier is a Miami deal where you're talking about Kyle Lowry and a couple of second round picks, is it really worth it? And so far that answer is no, because the last thing this fan base needs and this ticket paying fan base, which loves Terry Rozier is to see him come back for uh, twice a year and then watch the other two on TV and watch him burn the nets down every single time. But there needs to be there needs to be some action. It just has to be smart. And, and I think I'm just done with this team right now. Yeah, I, it's tough, man. I it's agree with Nada too, man. It's just when you watch it, it's like they they hang in there for a little bit at the beginning of games, and then you know that the bottom is going to fall out at some point. It reminded me a lot of Blue Chips when he was coaching the <laughs> team before he got Neon and all those guys. He come out. So which they, which of the Hornets is flunking TV? That's what I'm saying. They started. They, they'd start out feisty, and then the bottom would just come out. And you know, again, I just go back to Coach Clifford. But I think as far as what Nada's saying, you're 100% correct. Miami's the last thing that they need to do. This town doesn't need another guy that they used to have to come through and show him how great he is every single night. But as I've said over and over again, I, I just think they need to bring in a couple of guys for some culture changes here uh, with the Hornets because again, it's just like at what point. Do you do you say enough is enough? Like, 
you're losing by double digits on a nightly basis at this point, and not just 10 points, 12 points. You're getting beat down every single night. Here's the problem with the whole Miami part of the conversation, and it leads to a hard-to-figure-out enigma. Because if you go back to what Jake Fisher was reporting, a part of Yahoo Sports yesterday, the the phrasing was important. The preference. It was Terry's preference to go to Miami. Okay. We know it's not shocking. Terry has been lauded before about organizing trips for the young guns to go down there, spend a week or a couple days, whatever it was, having camp down there in Miami, have a good time, but also put the work in, gain some chemistry. He's got a house down there. It's not shocking. But if Terry Rozier has that preference... And Terry Rozier has given us a reason to go purchase those tickets in the post-Kimba Walker era as they try to transition into an era and haven't been really successful post-Kimba. So the conversation I hate having every time this comes up, how much do you do a solid for Terry, who has legitimately given you a lot, and then you try your best to figure out something that works for you and Terry to send him to Miami? Or do you just say... Terry ain't done that much. If another team is giving me 15 to 20% more, then I got to go take the better return. Sorry, Terry. You're going to somewhere else, maybe even across the country from Miami. And then it's like you get a better return, but also you don't want to be the organization that the Hornets are right now with a terrible reputation that continues to not treat players poorly, but not help them out when they help you. How do we balance this, Nada? Because like, it seems hard as hell to me. Because if you're Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, you say, that's Mitch and Mike, and that's I there. Like that. You, you I like establish that. a clear line of delineation. Like, that was them. That's not us. That's not going to be the new regime, and most likely who's going to be here. Like, that's not us. That was them. That was them <laughs> closing the book on everything. Personally, I, I just don't see a trade for Terry Rozier that's better than clearing up his salary and maybe a couple of second rounds because do you want to see D'Angelo Russell here? I don't. And that's the no, Miami, you're saying that's the Miami trade package, right? Yeah. Just to, just to give people an idea real quickly, Kyle Lowry would be coming back in any realistic Terry trade. It seems like Kyle Lowry only has this year left on the books. Then you clear it. You're talking about maybe a protected first round pick. And you would have a play for the Hornets. But that was tough. Exactly. Well, and it doesn't matter though. We yeah, don't want him to. Him out. Well, we don't want him to. Yeah. Right. So it, it really wouldn't matter. You're right about that. Wait, that's wait, just wait, the package. No, 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 no. Well, maybe the culture stuff. Too, yes. Maybe if the culture you care stuff. about culture, you keep him around for the next six weeks and maybe you work something out to where he's extended. That's something that I would probably I can do agree too. with that. Like, so let's not, let's not dismiss that whole buy him out thing. No, not when we're talking about culture, not when we're talking about a guy that's built himself up from the bootstraps like Kyle Lowry. Like, that's, let's not do that. I'm just wondering, would he want to be here? Because, you know, vets of his ilk, they want to go somewhere where they can chase a ring. True, but that's not his choice. Yeah. You got to offer the buyout first. Uh, so I, I like, so so now we're creating a, a new line of disrespecting the players. See, Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, they get to say, Terry, that was their problem, not ours. But then you start it all over again oh, when no. you say Kyle can't go anywhere. No, see, that's the thing. You can also <laughs> put this, that was Mitch. That's not us. Like, okay. our guy is not in until probably, what, April 1st, May 1st? Like, that's how they're going to have to do this. The other conversation about this, just real quickly before we move on, that so many people, because Hornets Twitter, Hornets blogosphere, wherever, it's it's terrible, right? <laughs> it's a terrible place. Uh, all the losing this season, it, even with not the greatest expectations in the world, 
Like what people were clamoring for as far as a successful season was maybe get into the play in tournament. Yeah. And now that you're not even anywhere close before we get to the halfway point, that's got people going nuts. So anytime we have this trade conversation, it should be under the umbrella of if you get a fair return, right? Yep. Because what happens is even if we like, it's boring to address it every time on sports talk, whether it be a podcast or radio, if you get the right return, so people dodge it and then the audience doesn't hear it. And so it's like, wait, we don't want to make a move just to make a move. No, it's never that. That would be stupid. I'm just operating under the assumption that you know it's stupid. So now yeah. when we talk about trading Terry, of course you got to do it for something at least close to 100 cents on the dollar. Gordon Hayward, same thing. It doesn't seem like you're going to be able to do it. P.J. Washington now linked to Dallas. Nick Richards has a tradable contract. All these guys, right? And there are reasons and, and reasons to trade and not to trade. But I don't want to trade just to make a move. And that Agreed. always needs to be the understood factor here. But when you talk about this team, who even if they were all healthy, we're still talking about barely making the play-in tournament it's probably time to move on from a decent amount. You get to pick and choose whoever you want to. The young guys, clearly, LaMelo, Brandon Miller, you're not touching them. But with some of the other veterans, you can pick and choose. For the most part, you got a lot. You got to see a lot of this thing go. Yeah, man. And so I can't wait to see what they do. I mean, this is going to be the most exciting trade deadline I'm anticipating that we've had in a while. Uh, we know a lot of times we've gotten excited and nothing's <laughs> happened, but... I feel like Wes, at least don't do it one to thing. I feel like one thing is going to happen. Don't at do least. it to yourself. You don't do it to yourself. This. Okay. Jake Fisher said they're going to be as active as we've ever seen the Hornets. And I made the joke yesterday while reading it. Oh, okay. So doing something, doing then. something okay, on, mm. on the make a move just to make a move. Can we like stop trying to fire cliff? Can we do that? Because you got to talk to a lot of other people around here because no. <laughs> like, at this point, I want people to understand that the only thing that's going to happen if you fire Cliff is head coach Ty Corbin. Things will not be getting better. Things will be getting worse. Yeah, I don't. Be, uh, let, let's be happy with what we have right now and understand that Cliff is just as frustrated as everybody yeah, else. Yeah, I don't give Cliff a lot of blame, man, yeah. because the message that he's been preaching to them is the same message that Borrego was preaching. The problems still haven't changed. And I know that he's trying like hell to coach them up on the things that are their deficiencies, but they just won't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm at the point now, like, let's just be smart about this. Let the new guys to come in, take over. It's their show now. And let's see what they're going to do with it. Nada, do you want to make history next segment? History, of course. My ego, I love that. We've never had a guest in studio to see fire or fizzle in person. I cannot wait. This is the first time ever that somebody will be in studio to witness the fire that is Wes Bryant walking around the Planet Kia studios. Mm. We're going with ACC rivalry antics after the double bird from <laughs> DJ Horn. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait either. Stick around. Wes and Walker, fire or fizzle. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. A historic version of Fire and Fizzle. We got Nada Edwards in the house. Getting to see this up close and personal. Finally, we got a witness to what you're about to preach here on yeah. these microwaves. Wes Bryant, you ready, Nada? Yeah, let's do it. All I'm right. looking forward to this. Fire fizzle. Rivalry antics within the ACC. Within, I guess, the last 20 years, this inspired by the double bird to the refs from DJ Horn. <laughs> double bird. Straight to the refs. Did apologize afterwards. Yeah, probably crossed the line. You can't do that to the officials, but we're still going to rate it. Wes, it's your turn. Are the double birds fire or fizzle? Well, Wolfpack Uh-oh. guard DJ Horn, he used the trip to the free throw line in the closing seconds of an 83-76 victory over Wake Forest to flip both middle fingers at a referee. The move came after the conclusion of just a wild game that included Kevin Keats getting ejected, several technical fouls uh, issued in the final minute. So he decided to, while receiving the ball for free throws, flipped the referee when his back was turned and then quickly put them away before he could be seen. He did apologize, and he was reprimanded by the ACC, and the moment went viral online. But as far as what does Wes Bryant think about this, the double bird, I'm the king of petty, so for him to go and do this was straight... Fizzle, he did oh, it when he was beating my Demon Deeks. Get the hell out of here. You think you're getting a fire after that? You're bugging. Wes, it, but my favorite part when you deliver the goods is when I think it's going to go the yeah, opposite direction. Yeah, you yeah, got us. Yeah. You got us. Because you're right. You are the king of petty. I thought, oh, no, you're going to condone double birding the officials in the ACC. Let's move on. A classic. Maybe the best one on this list as far as I'm concerned. The Chris Paul nut check to Julius Hodge. Yeah. Oh, no. Fire or fizzle, Wes Bryant? Way, way back in 2005, listen, CP decided to do a little something. Him and Julius Hodge were going at it, two ACC Player of the Year candidates. And while CP just casually, while going for a loose ball out there on the court, decided to turn around and give Julius Hodge a little shot to the midsection. And he wasn't issued a foul on the play, but the TV replay showed the punch later. He did get in trouble for it. He practiced with the team all that week, but had to be on the bench for their quarterfinal game in the ACC tournament that weekend. And then Julius Hodge still couldn't let it go. As he said years later that it was his senior night, the school had a huge celebration, bobblehead, all of that, the works. And so he said a shot went up, and I'm just boxing him out. Never talk trash to him. He said, when I tell you I was a fan as a player, that's how much respect he had for him. He said, so the shot went up and he got me. I was just like, bro, what are you doing? He said he was pissed at the moment, but the dude is such a competitor. And he said, I know NC State fans are going to kill me for saying this, but there was a part of me that I respected the I would do anything it takes to win side of it. I mean, you have to love that close quote. CP3, Wake Forest, didn't live too far from me in the dorms, hooked me up with gear, before he went to the pros. Oh, no. And also, again, you're talking to a guy that is petty. So when you're talking about CP3, 
that donned the black and gold. Where the hell do you think this is going? It was straight fire, and I would love for him to do it a hundred times over. I have zero clue where these are going. Usually I have a, a good enough guess, but I have no clue the where Deeks, these are going. We got to be scrappy, man, so we got to do what we got to oh, do. Oh, oh. Why are we out here condoning nut punching? <laughs> That's right, man. Listen, sometimes you got to get that? a little dirty, you know. West Brian has gotten a little. West Brian has gotten a little dirty at times. This is the game, not a. You can only accept it. You cannot refute it. <laughs> as soon as he speaks, Fair. we have to accept it. Fair. Next one on the list: Armando Baycott, Terquavion Smith, glasses, stretchers, clubs, beatdowns, all the antics oh, no. involving the two. Is it fire or fizzle, West? Well, listen, it was a big day for Armando Baycott that day. He reached two career milestones, and they're win over NC State. They beat them 80-69, to 69, but also in that game, it was marred by Terquavion Smith going to the hospital. Okay, Terquavion Smith had scored 34 points in Chapel Hill that previous season, and he only had 12 points midway through the second half when he drove to the hoop, looking to cut into a small UNC lead at that time. But he was met by Leaky Black, Concord native, who jumped with Smith and in an effort to block his shot, clubbed Smith in the head, sending him crashing to the floor. What did Armando do? That classless piece of junk in that game oh, decided whoa, in his wow, interview wow, after wow. the game <laughs> to wear shades to mock Sir Quavion Smith, even though the man could only watch it from his damn hospital bed. So when you're talking about what Armando did and this rivalry and this antic, it was straight Fire! I'm here for the pettiness. Let's go with the shade. You didn't fool me on that. Come one. on. You did not. I saw you, Fitty. Hop on the mic. I, I win it. I would have done the same thing. I saw you reach for the soundbite. You were about to go in <laughs> on him via soundbite. Oh, oh yeah, no. he was about to get Lagrecht for calling Armando a classless yeah. whatever, but uh, he saved it. You know, everyone forgets that after getting stretchered off the court, Terquavion could go party in that night. That's that's the thing. What a fraud. <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> I'd have done it. I'd have done it in the next game, trying to put him in the stanchion. Wow. <laughs> All right, we've got nut punch condoning and also fighting if you go to the club. This is this is bad stuff. But we move on. Do we condone tripping, such as maybe a Grayson Allen would do, and oh, then no. get suspended indefinitely, <laughs> except indefinitely meant one single game? Wes, <laughs> Grayson Allen tripping, fire or fizzle? Well, the first incident of this came in a February game against Louisville, where Allen was caught tripping a Louisville player as he fell to the floor after a missed shot. Then he got busted again two weeks later, this time against Florida State. Duke had the win clearly in hand in the final seconds, and he blatantly tripped a FSU player during an inbounds pass. And we cut that on the ACC Digital Network. We're always here for the nonsense, and we <laughs> threw that up as well. Duke was then playing Elon in the middle of Grayson Allen's junior year when he got caught again tripping an opponent. He had an emotional outburst on the bench and was subsequently given an indefinite suspension by Duke that would only last one game. Duke has had a lot of villains, but there's been maybe none greater than Grayson Allen. When it comes to Grayson Allen and the tripping, it is straight fizzle, man. Come on, you got to do a little bit more than tripping. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. You got to... Thank you. You know, that's a little weak. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, last one. I I, I know where this is going. (laughs) This might be your favorite moment in ACC history. <laughs> it really might be. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Gerald Henderson's elbow. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. To Tyler Hansborough. 
The mic is yours, Wes. We were talking about Tyler Hansborough not long ago with his comments and him being the greatest Tar Heel of all time in the eyes of many. And back on March 4th of 2007, Duke met Carolina in Chapel Hill. The game itself wasn't close. Carolina beat him 86-72. They had a 12-point lead with 17 and a half seconds remaining. And then Tyler Hansborough missed a free throw. He managed to get the rebound, but as he tried to lay it in, Gerald Henderson, former Bobcat, former Hornets Live host, came in flying with a hard elbow to Hansborough's face. Once he got up from the court, Hansborough had 26 points and 17 rebounds in that game. He had to be restrained from going after Henderson. This played into the legend of Psycho T. Henderson was ejected from the game, got a one-game suspension. Hansborough ended up with a broken nose and had to play with a protective mask on his face in the postseason. North Carolina's Marcus Ginyard had to come in and shoot the free throws for his teammate. They couldn't quite make it. But it didn't keep them from winning a national championship. Oh, excuse me. The mass didn't seem to hold back the Tar Heels. They did make it to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament before they lost that game. To Georgetown, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. But when you talk about Gerald Henderson elbowing Tyler Hansborough, a moment in that rivalry that would never be forgotten. You remember it, the blood on the jersey, the stupid look on Tyler Hansborough's oh, no. face after he got elbowed. It was straight fire. Where else did you think I, I was going you. with I this? Eat your guts. Tell him, boys. Cut the music off. <laughs> Punch him in the nose. So, or you get Hansborough fitty. Punch him under the belt. Wear sunglasses while you do it. That is the message from today's Fire Fizzle. This segment has <laughs> condoned goonery. Utter goonery. John Cheney would be proud of you, Wes. Oh, yes, he would. Yes, Sending he would. I kick your ass. <laughs> that was good. Wait, do you have a John Cheney impression? Uh, not Let's really, respect- but I do remember that vividly, though. Let's respect the dead. Let's respect the dead. Yeah. RIP. <laughs> it's out of love. All right. We work on the John Cheney Spicy impression. Man. We promote more violence coming up next. Nada has said he's going to grace us with one more segment, a part of the uh, live wire with Fiddy. So now everybody's going to be involved in the next segment. It's Sports Radio 92.7. One more hour to go. WFNZ.